0: So I have a, because um, we were hoping to be outside today, but it was just too wet and there's a huge pile of mud in the back corner of our yard that the children gravitate towards. Um, Teddy, Teddy has this thing at the moment, or the last little while, where he just likes to make videos of everything. So he steals like Jess's iPad, um, or there's another iPad or a little iPhone that we have, and uh, he makes little home videos of himself, some of which are truly hysterical. Uh, but there was also photographic evidence of him and Maverick playing in the mud. Uh, so, naughty children. So, we're not in the yard, but I had prepared a reasonably short ish child appropriate message for us. So, because the kids are all in today, because they're not playing in the yard. So, if you have been around this community for a long time, and looking around this room, it's kind of a mixed bag. There are some newer people, but you would have heard of the idea of the secret place. Um, And uh, it's not really all that much of a secret, the secret place. And it's not super difficult to find once you know how to get there. But the idea of a secret place, I don't know, when I was a kid, I used to have secret places. In fact, Gideon came up to me during worship today and very happily said to me that he was hiding in the tree. Uh, I think he got bored up there waiting for someone to come find him. So he came back in. Uh, But when I was growing up, there was a whole bunch of places I used to hide. We had great gardens at my house. We had like a space behind the shed. I used to hide behind the shed. I set the fence on fire one Christmas. That was awkward. Um, my neighbour who didn't speak English fixed the fence and I didn't get in trouble. That was great. Uh, I also used to hide behind this bush. We hid behind it so frequently that we actually broke what I now realise was a very critical branch on that and it, the whole thing died. Super awkward. And... Um, but I was all about the secret hiding places. I used to hide up on my roof, which my parents did not like. Uh, and there was a tree in the paddock near our place that had a little cubby house. That was fantastic. I used to climb down the stormwater drains with my mates. Uh, I was kind of one of those, like I grew up in an era where free range parenting was more of an option. The idea of just letting my kids leave and come back in eight hours seems crazy to me. But I used to do that a lot when I was a kid. We'd just. Leave in the morning and come back in the evening, and there were no mobile phones or anything. You just, you, I guess, your parents just assumed that it was okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. I reckon I get reported to some department if I did that now. My kids are pretty little, but um, that's the dream. Go away, come back at dinner. Um, I was all about the cubby house. I was all about the secret place, and uh, but when I think about the secret place. Now, I think the secret place is like that sweet spot where you actually hear from God. It's a place where you go, where you connect. And it's not necessarily a physical location. It's just a place in your, in your heart where you connect with God. Uh, I know in the last week I was, I was praying for someone in our community who said, I, I really need a prophetic word. And I spent like two days praying and got squat. So I was literally sending him a message and I was like, totally been praying, dude. I'd... And as I was writing, I don't have a word for you, feeling guilty about that, got a word. And I was like, so off the hook. Sweet. Uh, Sent them a word. they were really happy. And I felt better about my spirituality. Yeah. Because I finally found that place. After a few days of half-heartedly, haphazardly having a crack at it, I finally found the place where I could hear from God. I'll want to read, I'll read you this scripture and then we'll keep talking about this. this is from Luke 10, 38 to 42. It says, As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, why don't uh, you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself. Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. Uh, So the first takeaway I get from this is that that Mary is clearly very lazy. Uh, (laughs) I'm all about the Martha. Martha. I'm all about doing stuff and getting it done. And Mary just wants to sit in her little happy place, her special secret place, and sing happy songs. And I resent Mary so much. But Jesus says that, that Mary has done the one thing that was needed and that she has chosen what is better. Because she found the place to connect with Jesus. And Martha was in the same house. Martha was in the same geographic location as Jesus, but didn't get access. The secret place is is the one thing that Jesus speaks about here. Mary is doing the one thing that mattered. It's the place where we connect with God. It's where we hear his voice. It's where we get actually restored, it's where we get healed, it's where we get hope, it's where we get peace it's where we get refreshed the secret place is is what we all long for and I think for a lot of us we, we wind back and we think I remember when I was a teenager and I was on like a, an emotional hair trigger and it was just so easy for me to get the secret place because I was so you know unstable um, a bunch of people laughing but you, you know what I'm talking about you know, we get hardened by life. Um, if you haven't got children, they harden your, <laughs> They soften you, but they harden you as well. Um, now, my kids, they, they access uh, emotions so quickly, and I don't as much as I used to. And I think part of that is just because I am not as vulnerable. I am not as open. I am not as so ready for intimacy. I've been hurt more. I've I've been around the block a few times. You know, Martha, Martha had worked. She had calloused hands. And Mary was ready and open. I find that a lot of the time when we think that we need to access the secret place, what we do is we redefine or restructure the spiritual or rather just the, the activity that we engage in. And we think that if we can come up with a new religious activity, maybe that will substitute for actual intimacy. When we feel like God is eluding us, we think, well, if I just turn to this program or if I do these other things, then maybe that will fix it instead of just going back and sitting at Jesus' feet. Because that just seems so ill-defined. It's much easier to, um, to have a program or something like that than it is to simply wait on Jesus and expect that he will respond. We begin to assume that activity is a reasonable substitute for a relationship, and we become deceived into thinking good behaviour is the same as intimacy. I think about this like any other relationship that we have. Like, you know, I have a relationship with my wife, and it's really easy to think, well, good behaviour is a substitute for intimacy. But imagine how empty my relationship with Jess would be if there was no communication, no love, no passion, and all I did was just things to serve her. And serving her is good. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard the adage, happy wife, happy life. Um, doing the right things, going through the right motions, buying flowers at the right time, making cups of tea at the right time, all of those things are very, very good, Uh. But Martha wasn't in the right place for genuine relationship, and Mary was. If all I did was clean my house and cook dinner and buy flowers and chocolates, um, well, Jess could get that by paying a cleaner, and she could buy herself flowers and chocolates. The activity that, that I could engage with there are empty without intimacy. When we express all of the actions and behaviour associated with relationship without actually having relationship, what we do is we become slaves instead of friends. You can get a servant that will do all the things that you want them to do, but it doesn't make that an intimate relationship. You can go to a restaurant and pay someone to cook for you, but it's not the same as someone loving you and serving you and sharing a meal with you. Now, Just to be clear, especially for the husbands, I'm not saying um, that good activity and good behavior is something you should avoid. Um, If you're taking notes, buy flowers this week. Uh, Not buying flowers always costs more than buying flowers. Um, Not taking out the rubbish always costs more than just doing it. you got to remember, ultimately, Jesus did get up and he left the house. There's plenty of time for Martha to do the dishes. We've still got to do the dishes. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, when we do intimacy, let's be present. Let's be present when we're doing intimacy. Now, I can't sit around all day and look lovingly into Jess's eyes. Uh, in fact, I'd even go as far as to suggest that I would... I'm better at that. Jess is good at activity. I'm the one who frequently says, just, just give me a hug. And she's like, don't touch me. Uh, she's busy. <laughs> she gets focused on the task. So we're both guilty of the Martha thing a little bit. Um, certainly when I do the Martha thing, I can be unfriendly. The, like Kia stole the, um, the HDMI cable. <laughs> I was very much in. I was in Martha mode, and I needed the projector to work. And someone had stolen the HDMI cable, and I may have been a little more Martha and a little less Mary when I addressed that. And I already, I already apologized to Karen. Told her that I loved her and I was sorry. Um, when we have intimacy in relationship, like with. Just, we don't get to just sit around and look lovingly. The secret place is a secret place because there are times where we have to go and just say, no, God, I am here. I want to connect with you. I'm not going to be distracted. This is when you have come and I want to sit at your feet. But the honeymoon and the wedding doesn't last forever. Marriage does. That lasts for a really long time. So we need to find the right balance of doing the work But also sitting at Jesus' feet. And the one thing isn't defined by a special meeting or a special worship style or a particular creed or your theology on gay marriage. The one place is not defined by your tithing or by your political allegiance. It's not defined by those things. It's not defined through your attendance or your belief in any particular doctrine. It's not a theological view. It's not a special location. It's about a relationship of intimacy. It's about a posture and a heart response to God. There are terrible people with terrible theology who go to church every week and there are people who avoid church every week and still manage to connect with God. So there's no formula for getting in that secret place. The only formula is when Jesus is there, sit at his feet. We have to seek out relationship and intimacy and not merely ritual, not merely information sharing. We should seek out opportunities for worship and for prayer. We need to build our relationship with God like it's important. And when I have a broken relationship with Jess, it's not enough for me to just think, well, it'll get better. I have to actively pursue reconciliation. And when we feel like we're distanced from God, we have to actively pursue reconciliation. And here's the thing, when I care about my relationship with God, I care about the things he cares about. I'm moved by the same things that move the heart of God. I remember, it was some time ago now, but when Giddy, when, um, when little Cheap Cheep, Cheep uh, Chicken died and Giddy was just heartbroken. Now, I'm not as attached to Cheap Cheap as Giddy was, but sitting with him when he was sad... I was moved and I wept and I was so broken for him because I care and I have intimacy of relationship with him. I was moved because of my relationship with him. Now, I can read about deep tragedies and awful things that happen in the world, but I don't have connection, so I don't weep for those things. But when someone in our community is hurting, I weep with them. I grieve with them. I hurt with them because I care about them. And caring about and knowing Jesus means we care about what moves him. In Nehemiah, there's this story where um, where he goes and he looks at the brokenness in Jerusalem. He he comes into this broken city and it, it says this. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burned with fire. And when I heard these things, I sat down and wept. And for some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Because Nehemiah connected with the heart of God. And this thing, the city of Jerusalem had been burned down for a long time. But he connected with the heart of God and he went there and he saw it and he wept. Because he cared and connected with the heart of God. The same when Jesus approaches Jerusalem, he looks over Jerusalem and he connects with the heart of God and he weeps for the brokenness of relationship between God and his people. He wept. When Jesus came and Lazarus had died, he knew that Lazarus was dead and he knew that Lazarus was going to be raised from the dead. But he meets with Mary and Martha, the same Mary and Martha in this story. And they say, if you had been here, this wouldn't happen. And he weeps with them because his heart for them, is so beautiful and he's so connected and intimate with them that he is grieved by their loss, even knowing that Lazarus would be raised from the dead. He's, he's connected to their heart. When things between Jess and I are best, it's because we are connected heart to heart, not because... I cook and she cleans and I pick up the kids and she gets up early in the morning and gets tortured by them. And like, that's not what makes us intimate. It's when our heart is connected. It's when we are intimate. It's when we are, we are one. It's when we put each other first. It's when we're moved by one another's plight. When we are willing to serve and sacrifice and invest in the other. And it doesn't mean we disappear into our own little world. The secret place is not a such a secret that it means you disappear and become a hermit or you disappear and, and don't communicate or you that's not what the secret place is. It means that our relationship is such that the urgency and the demands and the busyness of our lives, that gets set aside so that we can connect. And it's so easy to not do that with Jesus. It's so easy to get caught up in our grief. It's so easy to get caught up in our fear or our doubt or our questions. It's so easy to get caught up in our study or our report writing or whatever it is. That that urgency becomes more important than intimacy with God. It means for Jess and I that we submit our goals and our finances and our time to one another and say, how do we make this work? we honor one another above all else and we need to do that with Jesus what would it look like if we put Jesus first what if we were like Mary instead of like Martha what would it look like if we stopped substituting intimate relationship for good behavior what what if we put intimacy with God first Because I reckon that we all carry around values and attitudes and goals and roles and behaviours and rituals that are incompatible with having a healthy relationship with God. And that's idolatry. When we have all of those things and they become more highly placed than our intimacy with God, they become idols, even if they're beautiful things. They become idols. And real repentance is when we... Take those things, we put them aside, and we put God first. Real covenant with my wife is when I take all other relationships and I say, you are secondary to this. And anything else is adultery. In the same way that anything else, when we don't have God first, is idolatry. We need to do the one thing that is needed, that Mary did. And that is to say, the washing up and the cooking and the cleaning, all of that can wait because right now Jesus is here. <coughs> Heavenly Father, I want to thank you that you are waiting for us to come and join with you and that it doesn't require us to, um, to fast for the rest of our lives and give up everything else that we do, but it does require us to come and sit at your feet for a time and understand what moves you. So that we too can be moved. To understand what it is to, to be intimate and connected with your heart. To change our values and our, our worldview so that it lines up with yours. Jesus, I want to thank you for the example that you gave us. That you managed to live a very busy and functional life at the same time as maintaining relationship with God. And I pray that we would find the balance of that in our own lives. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you that uh, that you have given us a model in in creation in that there is a day of rest where we are meant to come and connect with you. That that you make it clear to us that we are allowed to have a life and do the things we need to do, but that there is a space that we should set aside to know you and connect with you. God, I pray you would give us a heart to be moved. Towards mission, the same way that you are moved towards mission, that you would give us a heart to be moved towards the poor, to be moved towards the the um the alien and the stranger in our lands, that we would be moved towards service and sacrifice, the same way that you have been. I pray that we would that our actions would come out of our intimacy and not be a substitute for our intimacy. Heavenly Father, I pray you would help us to see that we are a seed that must grow into something. Lord, I pray you would help us to be fruitful where we go and do the rest of our service, that that, place of, that secret place of intimacy would overflow into the other places in our lives where we, where we serve and work. And Heavenly Father, I pray that we would not, that you wouldn't elude us, that we would find you, that it wouldn't be hard for us to connect with you, that we would have great faith and anticipation and know that you were there uh, instead of being hard hearted and fearful that we won't find you. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, so the challenge this week is to be moved by God. And I think that we can say that we've been in that secret place until we are moved to compassion, moved to kindness, moved to um, service and sacrifice in some way. If we sit with Jesus, if we sit in that place, we have to catch something and be moved by something of his heart. I think that's the litmus test. It's not that we are compelled to more activity. It's that we are compelled to, to actually feel something and to then go and respond to that. Cool. Thank you, children, for being friendly for most of the service. Surprised I didn't see more grown-ups doing mazes. (laughs) Colouring in. Megan did.